eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. Week 2 is all but in the books. We've only got the Las Vegas Raiders and the New Orleans Saints to go tonight. But apart from that, we've seen every other bit of football this weekend. And what a weekend it was. People dropping like flies. I'll welcome in you, James. Uh, it's just James so far. Robbie's uh, currently questionable. How are you doing, James? <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm busy. I'm busier than a San Francisco MRI scanner. <laughs> um, it's, um, it's been manic managing 30 teams in the middle of this I didn't realise we were going to have another crisis in 2020 but um, here we are yeah it was, like people kept on saying every five minutes oh this is it now this is ridiculous this has got too many injuries too many and then another big name would would, would go straight away straight after that it was it was quite something and they've even come pouring out afterwards so we will give you a injury summary very very shortly but all of our team well Rob's not here to to celebrate but uh, all of our teams won this weekend so it's a very different weekend to what we had last weekend Uh, Steelers Colts and 49ers all taking home the win so James Steelers are 2-0 now you must be feeling very optimistic well, I was worried for a time that we were going to throw that away, but um, they lo- the Broncos lose Drew Locke and then come back at us. But um, yeah, our defense is good. Um, it, it feels weird that the defense that I saw on Sleeper seemed to be picked number one the most times actually might for once be the best defense. Like, when did that ever happen? No, it always takes a couple of weeks just to see which defense has gelled better, which which starts well, and then, like you say, you're, you're picking them up from the waiver wire, or you've drafted them not first, but yeah, first overall. So happy days. So injuries, we will get straight into them, and this is going to be the longest podcast that we've ever recorded. So we'll have to try and fly through these whilst going into much detail as possible. So. Notable injuries on the defensive side of the ball. We'll get through these as quickly as possible since this is a fantasy football podcast. So Nick Bosa, ACL, done for the season. That is probably the highest profile one. Uh, He was um, tipped to be Defensive Player of the Year. San Francisco 49ers will definitely miss him. And they've also lost Solomon Thomas from their defensive line as well. He has sustained a knee injury, which they're being pretty coy about. Like you mentioned before, James, they're still waiting for that MRI scanner to come and find out exactly how injured just some of their players are. Uh, But they have just picked up Ziggy Anser. I know he visited them earlier on in the preseason, but they have now just picked him up to add to that defensive line. So at least he'll help and try and fill uh, the gap that Nick Bosa leaves. Uh, Malik Hooker, the the Colts safety, he has torn his Achilles. He is also out for the season. As is Tavon Young, the the Baltimore Ravens slot cornerback. Uh, Byron Jones has got a groin injury, the cornerback in Miami. He is uh, unknown. Um, He was... He had injury troubles going into the game, but he's now picked up a groin. And finally, Anthony Barr, the linebacker in Minnesota, has torn his pectoral muscle. He is out for the season as well. James, some big names there, out for the season. How do you think that will impact some defences from a fantasy perspective? It's a dent for the 49ers in losing two quite major pieces. But 
they've probably got just about the right amount of depth that they can cope. I mean, they're not going to be quite the powerhouse they were, but I still think they're going to be effective. They're still, you know, match up to match up. You're going to be able to predict reasonably well. Um, elsewhere, I think with the way that the practice squads and injured reserves work in this year, um, there is a lot more depth in the actual systems at the moment. So um, all the te- all these teams have had plenty of people, rookies, etc., who are going to be you know chomping at the bit to step up. So uh, anyone who plays IDP, good luck because <laughs> uh, anybody could be relevant this time next week. But for you know, if you're just picking up your DSC, I wouldn't say that any of the injuries change the way that you would pick your streaming option. And it wouldn't make me just insta drop a team that, you know, if I drafted them. There aren't many that, you know, uh, un- I don't think there's many defenses that are undroppable in general, apart from maybe the Steelers at the moment. Um, but it's, you know, it matchups are still going to be there. And I still think overall, most defenses are pretty much where they were. Yeah, and that's the thing with the DSTs. There's 11 players on on the team and scheme, coaching, situational, a lot, a lot of that comes into it as well as the as well as the physical players. So although Nick Bowser is he's one of the best defensive talents in the league, like you say, the 49ers still have got that depth there. So I, I didn't rank them too highly as a, as a DST option in fantasy before Nick Bosa went out, but um that they haven't lost that much power now because he's gone. Because, like you say, there's, there is that depth there, which no one can step in and fill his shoes, but at least it's there's still going to be another body on the field. And then moving over to the offensive side of the ball, and this is where we do have the fantasy headache. First and foremost, Saquon Barkley, the New York Giants running back, has torn his ACL. It is now confirmed he is out for the rest of the 2020 season. And he's a generational talent. He is the, well, one of the few bright sparks that the, the Giants have got at the moment. He had a tough time of it against the Steelers' defence last week. He had a tough, well, he had seven yards per carry, but he only managed the four carries this week. And he is now done for the season. So, New York, you've got Wayne Gorman, Dion Lewis there. Dion Lewis is one that got the goal line carry. What are your thoughts on that backfield now, James? Oh, it's it's going to be messy. The news with Devonta Freeman supposedly going up to New York to try out. He was on the verge of going and signing for Philly, and then he sort of said, "You know what? I'm going to wait and just see, you know, see if any big name running backs go down in week two. And he ended up probably with one of the busiest phones on the network over the last <laughs> 24 hours. Um, well, not even 24, but um, yeah, I think Freeman to the Giants is probably in the higher realms of likelihood, which is why I am not rushing out and getting Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis now has a role in the, the pass catching that we thought he might get, he's now actually going to get. Um, and he's going to get some usage, but I don't see him getting, you know, what happened this week again. He's not going to become Saquon Barkley in terms of getting his role. Um, and Freeman won't on his own for that matter as well. But that as a one-two punch feels, you know, reasonable. Um, the Giants are going to have a bit of a problem with Sterling Shepard missing as well for a little while. Um, and so they'll be hoping Golden Tate comes back from injury this week and still not heard much on that front yet. So we'll see. But uh, anyone with Darius Slayton shares, well done. You may have just won that individual lottery of which wide receiver is the most productive already. <laughs> and we listed him as questionable before the show, but we now welcome in Rob 
he is uh, the game time decision. He has passed his physical. He is here, unlike many of the, the fantasy options that we'll be talking about over the next five or ten minutes. Rob, how are you doing? I can assure you, I am not passing any physical. Uh, I am uh, in no shape for any kind of physical activity, I'll be honest. But uh, no, good to be here. Sorry I'm a bit late, um, but I thought I'd uh, it's better to join the party than not at all. So uh, here we are talking about an interesting, a very interesting week. with One that my brain couldn't quite... I had a busy week, a busy weekend, and... Uh, by the time that six o'clock Sunday rolled round, my brain was not ready for what happened. <laughs> I, no, I don't think anybody could have could have prepared for that. It was um, action, action, action. But unfortunately, well, I think it marred some actually really good football games, some really good high scoring close contests. Or the, yeah. the injuries were the talking points. Like there, there were so many matchups this weekend that were really close. Um, and, and things like the, the Buffalo-Miami game, the fact that we didn't get a, a television stream of that for, for an hour or so, and then there was a lightning delay, that was just non-news because of all of the injuries. Which, we move on to the next one, and they were 1.1 and 1.2 in your fantasy drafts this year. Saquon Barkley, of course, out for the season, but Christian McCaffrey, the running back for Carolina, is also set to miss four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. He started off the season just as he finished the last one. He had 18 carries. Well, it was only for 59 yards, but two touchdowns and then a, another four receptions for, for 29 receiving yards. Christian McCaffrey, of course, the offense there in Carolina. And is anyone in that backfield now worth picking up to, to, to match? Like Curtis Samuel had a few yards, uh, sorry, a few carries. But do you want Mike Davis? Is, is, is that going to be a thing, Rob? Um. <laughs> Mike Davis has not ever been a thing. Uh, try, people tried to make the Mike Davis a thing last year, and it didn't work out very well for them. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, they got rid of um, Reggie Bonifon, didn't they? Uh, he was kind of the backup heading into the season, but they've, they've released him. So uh, it's it's Mike Davis or Trenton Cannon. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm avoiding. Um, how long did anyone did Christian McCaffrey been ruled out for a set amount of weeks, or is it just a week to week? It's likely four to six weeks. I think it's four to six. Yeah, four, four to six. six. Mm. Okay, that changes things then. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but the thing is though, like you just mentioned, like I don't know if I want to be picking up Dion Lewis either, and I I don't know if I want to put my trust in um, the likes of. Devonta Freeman because wherever he ends up because he will be on a team this time next week but um, yeah no not I'm a no on Mike Davis so what about Curtis Samuel and James like we've we've seen uh, LaVisca he's kind of that crossover player in Jacksonville where he, he's been receiving some some carries could Curtis Samuel be a guy that steps up and has a few more rushes uh, a few more yes, but I don't think he's going to get many. I think he, his passing production might actually go up slightly because I think they may be forced into it just by personnel. Because, um, I mean, think about it. McCaffrey had a lot of receptions and, you know, he counted for a lot of the offense. So it's suddenly DJ Moore gets an uptick, Curtis Samuel gets an uptick, um, Robbie Anderson gets an uptick, uh, Ian Thomas might even get an uptick now. Um, so that offense is going to pass away. I think they may even have to force Teddy Bridgewater into running, which is um, going to be interesting potentially. Um, I'm just because I'm just trying to think if there's any other you know free agenty yeah, running just, backs just looking who at that. could potentially sign up. I mean, 
Lamar Miller is just about, you know, he got released by uh, the Patriots and he, he's probably the most recent person with some kind of acumen behind him that he could do something. But again, the, the level of confidence I'd have is pretty low. Bring back Jared Hayne, that's all I'm saying. JJ? No. <laughs> uh, British born JJ to, to address him by his full name. To by his full name, yeah. <laughs> okay, and we move over to Pittsburgh where they defeated the Denver Broncos in a 26 21 victory. It was a close old thing, and after Drew Locke went out very early in the game due to a sprained AC joint. We thought that Pittsburgh would run away for it, but who'd have thought that Jeff Driscoll would have come in and led a comeback that didn't quite get finished off? Uh, quite ironic, really, that uh, it was Cortland Sutton that came into the game nursing the disprained AC joint, which had kept him out of week one. Uh, Drew Locke then left the game due to a sprained AC joint, and Cortland Sutton tore his ACL, which will now keep him out of the season. So... Drew Lott looks to, he'll look to be out for probably two to six weeks. That's kind of the average time for a, a sprained AC joint. Um, some, some react better to it than others. Jeff Driscoll. Are we buying into the Jeff Driscoll hype train, James? No. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you are in a super flex league and all the quarterbacks have gone and you either had one that's gone down or you just didn't have three to start with, Congratulations, you now have the opportunity to pick up a starting quarterback for a few weeks. Um, I mean, Driscoll should be all right. I don't, he's not going to set the world on fire, but he, you know, there's always, there's always a stat at the end of every season, which is like how many quarterbacks had a QB one week? And it's always something stupid like 40, uh, even though there are only 32 teams. And this is one of those occasions where this is where those other eight come from. He's probably going to have one week where he ends up in the top 12, and that stat will keep on going like it always does. Um, but I wouldn't exactly count on it week to week. But you never know. He seemed, he seemed very much capable in you know, backstopping you know, against a pretty strong Steelers team, let's be honest. So there's, there's hope. The Broncos fans don't need to be so disheartened just yet, but uh, don't be spending any fab on him either, unless you're in a Super Bowl. And Colton Sutton is probably going to be the, the bigger miss there. But, Rob, I know, I know you're going to want to talk about this guy. Who is going to step up to take those targets now that Colton Sutton is gone? Huh. Um, yeah, it's going to be Jerry Judy, isn't it? Um, oh, I've been waiting for this opportunity for a while, and Jerry Judy is awesome. He did have a knock on Sunday, but I think he came back in the game, if my memory serves me correctly. Yep. Um, and, yeah, he is going to be full stream ahead from this point forward. Yeah, KJ Hamler, he's, what, he's one to look out for as well, the, the other rookie there. And it's, it's difficult. It's always difficult because these players haven't had the preseason and they haven't even got their starting quarterback anymore. So Jerry Judy is one of those under-the-radar players that could come into fruition when Drew Locke is back in two to six weeks once he's had time to adjust the offense, adjust to the life in the NFL. Because, like you say, he took a hit. Uh, that's, that's why he went out of the game. He, he got absolutely nailed. Um, and against a defense like the Pittsburgh Steelers, that kind of thing's going to happen. So let's get him used to, to life in the NFL. Let's get him firing. And then when Drew Locke comes back, I am loving Jerry Judy there in Denver. Jimmy G, not too much fantasy relevance. He has a high ankle sprain deemed week to week. He 
could play next week, says Carl Shanahan. He was uh, taken out at half-time. I think more of a precautionary measure because he injured his ankle quite early on. Nick Mullins, I'm not picking him up. A, because he's not very good. And B, because I don't think Jimmy G is going to miss too much time, if any, at all. So not too much fantasy relevance with that one. Devontae Adams, though. Oh, sorry, no, more San Francisco 49ers. And that is more in the backfield. We have got Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman, both running backs there, both with knee injuries. Raheem Mostert has sprained his MCL. Tevin Coleman, they've been a little bit coy about it. It's a knee injury, which we're unknown the severity of it right now. And, of course, we don't know how severe it is because the MRI truck hasn't rolled up yet. But... Raheem Mostert obviously opened the game with that huge 80-yard touchdown run. But apart from that, the rushing stats weren't great. Mostert finished on eight rushes for 92 yards and a touchdown, which if you take away that 80-yard touchdown, it was uh, seven carries for, for 12 yards, which, which isn't great. And Tim Coleman finished with 14 carries for 12. So the Jets under um, Greg, what's Greg's surname? DC. <laughs> what's the Williams the, Williams Greg Williams I can, I can picture him in my face from Hard Knocks but um, his name escapes me Greg Williams there he wants he wants to stop the run which they, they did quite a good job of doing to be fair apart from obviously the one where Raheem Ossett southern off Jared McKinnon is it finally Jared McKinnon season Rob? Um, it could well be um, update Tevin Coleman is expected to miss multiple weeks with knee injury um, meh most of, uh, I know you said he, he didn't have a great day after all, but after that amazing run, if he'd have stayed on the field, I'd wonder what would have come later on in the game. But yeah. he was, you know, a good, it was a start, of the, one of my starts of the week. I put him in all my DraftKings lineups, um, delivered. Uh, now, interestingly, I, I wonder if um, Devonta Freeman's going to be the answer for the 49ers just because of, you know, Shanahan. Yeah. Um, he, he knows the system. He can write, he can go straight into it and, um, and, and, and you know, does, doesn't have to pick up anything because he knows it all, he knows the playbook. So I wonder if that's the answer. Um, I, I think Freeman is visiting um, New York today, I believe. So whether we'll see what happens there. Um, it could be Jarrett McKinnon. It pains me to say this. And I've got a bet with a mate of mine. He said Jarrett McKinnon would be a top 40 running back. I said he wouldn't. It's a £10 bet. I don't want to lose £10. If it, but it looks like it's going to happen. I think be prepared to lose it. I think the 49ers brought in McKinnon thinking he would be their Freeman for Shanahan's sure. offense, so to sure. speak. And uh, he's currently the fittest one there. Um, <laughs> and I think it's... I mean, they, against the Giants next week, it's going to be him and Jeff Wilson, basically. My name is Jeff. <laughs> so um, that's that's going to be interesting. Most of it, it sounds like, is week to week. He definitely won't play next week, but he, he could be in contention from you know any time after that. So I don't think the Fortnite's are going to rush out and get anybody, but I think this is McKinnon's chance. And um, he looked, he's been looking good for the first two games, and I kept on sort of, you know, putting him in the hype train articles as, you know, you may want to think about this. You may want to think about this. This time he's in the first class segment. I've pretty much gone all in, in that I think, I think he's about to, you know, even make Mostert owners worry a little bit. It's a bit bold, I know, but I, the 49ers brought him in for this reason. He's on mega books. And he's finally seemingly settling into this roster, settling into the routine. I think 
now is McK- is the McKinnon that you thought you were drafting early in 2018. Yeah, the, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Dolphins up next for the 49ers. Oh, yeah. I'm expecting some nice rushing production I, there. I don't, I don't want to sound too forward, but there's a third running back in um, in San Fran who could get a chance. But I, d- I don't want to be too far. I don't want to be too hasty about this. Oh dear! Oh dear! It's Michael Hasty, anyone? I, 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 I was going to say like um, <laughs> Jeff Wilson. Like that, that's not a pun. <laughs> yeah, Jermichael Hasty on the practice squad currently. So Devontae Adams, wide receiver in Green Bay, has a hamstring, and again, Green Bay are being pretty coy about it. We don't know if he's set to miss any time yet or not. He had a monster week one. He was electric a little bit. Um, bunged up last week. Uh, well, this week, three receptions for 36 yards. Is it Marquez Valdez-Scantling season or is it Alan Lazard season? Or is it both, James? Both. Uh, quite simply, both. <laughs> um, it's funny how MVS seems to have the slightly better hands at the moment and maybe slightly more trust, but Lazard historically has had more trust from Aaron Rodgers. But I think on that basis, both of them are going to get used a lot because, um, I mean, Rob will tell you that Jay Sternberg is not getting a lot of trust and love at the moment. Um, <laughs> burger. That's uh, something from our uh, <laughs> staff league. But, uh, yeah, I think Lazard and Valdez Scantling, they could, they're both relevant on their own, even with Adams in the, in the lineup. Without Adams, then it's astronomical because you, you don't even have a wide receiver one. You have two twos, but you have two very decent twos, um, effectively. And that offense is just, well, to be fair, that offense just ran through Aaron Jones last week. Uh, and still both Lazard and Valdez Scantling were relevant as wide receivers. So, yeah, just load it up. Does it not worry that Aaron Jones led the team in targets, receptions, yards and touchdowns? No, because I own Aaron Jones in a lot of places and I'm quite <laughs> frankly delighted. <laughs> uh, I've missed this. How did Aaron Rodgers end up with minus six receiving yards? What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> no idea. No idea. <laughs> Who threw that to him? Impossible. Uh, I've, I've not got anyone as... Anyone else other than Rogers having any attempts in that game? So, um, yeah, not entirely sure what happened there. That is Might be a blip. Yeah, something to catch up on later, but um, that won't please fantasy owners. So, we move over to LA. Uh, Tara Taylor, he was well, surprisingly missing. I don't think anybody was expecting Justin Herbert to start that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He pushed them all the way. It was great to watch. There was a few... There was a few moments where you're watching me thought, oh, Justin, why have you made that decision? Uh, particularly uh, where he could have easily run for the first down, but instead just, you know, up through the interception. But uh, Patrick Mahomes showed his class and came through as the eventual winner in that one. But I don't think Justin Herbert looked all that bad. Uh, but then again, Anthony Lynn has come out today to say that Terod Taylor is the starting quarterback when he gets the job back. Way to instill confidence into your rookie quarterback. Uh, James, are you, well, who's going to be the starter if Terod's fit? And are you buying into Justin Herbert as a long-term fantasy option? I think Terod does start next week if he is available. I think what Anthony Lynn says is correct, but... Um, I think that leash he had has got shorter. Um, the sort of calls for Herbert, if the Chargers are sort of losing just by lack of firepower in the offense, um, yeah, those voices will get louder much quicker than they would have done. 
Um, I don't think it, I think it wasn't ideal for the Chargers. They really would, did not want to have to put Herbert in this early because they knew that it would add pressure to just bringing him full time. But um, when your quarterback goes down injured with a chest injury 10 seconds before the game starts, you haven't got much of an option. Um, but yeah, he dealt with himself quite well. So if, you know, if you're in the Superflex leagues, etc., where you picked him up then and stashed him away ready for when he came into the team, yes, your investment's looking pretty good. I mean, you didn't get to use it last week because uh, 10 seconds warning time is nothing in fantasy. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's, he's looking solid. Um, the thing that makes me the most happy is Austin Eckler had four targets, which he turned into four receptions for 55 receiving yards. And that to go with 16 carries for 93 yards on the ground. No touchdowns for Austin Eckler, but it was a much, much better week for him than what we saw in week one. He was one of my trade candidates in the post that I put up last Wednesday. And yeah, I'm, I'm confident. I'm, I'm happy to see Austin Eckler back to his more usual self. And if we do see Justin Herbert more moving forwards, then I think we will get that from Eckler. And if you can add the touchdowns to his game, excellent. Uh, Kelly, loads of carries. 23 carries again. He had a, a full complement of work last week. It wasn't particularly the, the most productive carries, but yeah, they're really using there. And he, he's really taken the, the Melvin Gordon role that, that was vacated from last year. Over in Indy, Paris Campbell, PCL injury, out indefinitely. Have we had any more updates on that, or is it still looking potentially um, season? Or I genuinely have heard some rumours knocking around that this could be a career-ending wow. injury. Um, I, I don't know. That's not a verified source at the moment, but it's the whispers in the bushes. Uh, obviously, I'm associated with a lot of Colts um, sort of fan... Uh, areas on Twitter and Facebook, and there, there's some knockings that are saying that this is a potentially a serious, serious injury. So, um, not looking good considering Paris Campbell had the whole of well, eight games out last year, or nine games out last year, I think. Um, he's just such a good player and he's looked so good. I waxed lyrical about him week one because he looked so good catching the ball, slot guy, um, had an instant kind of uh, chemistry with with Philip Rivers and and now this happens so hopefully not hopefully these are all just nasty rumors that aren't true um, and that it's best case scenario it's a PCL strain takes him out three or four weeks um, but yeah uh, certainly what I've seen is is not nice so I'm really hoping that's, that that does not ring true yeah, and all of us to him there because, like I so say, just a talented player who's not had the best start to his career, then to to all of a sudden be out on the street would be would be a tragedy. Yeah. But we look from a fantasy perspective. Who is the biggest beneficiary of target share? Well, they didn't get any targets the week just gone, but Mo Ali Cox out of nowhere, six targets, five receptions, a hundred and eleven yards. Is that something we can look to see on a regular basis? Yeah. I say through uh, a slightly, it feels like it shouldn't do, but Jack Doyle's down. Yeah. Trey Burton's down. Yeah. You lose Paris Campbell. Michael Pittman is still a rookie and still developing. Zach Pascal injured. started on the, the um, gone Rob. So uh, Michael Pittman was injured as well. He was injured going into the game, had a toe injury. Yeah, I think he looks like he's going to still be okay for next week, potentially. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, Zach Pascal came up off the um, practice squad, but he obviously was one of their decent receivers last season. Um, but 
when you just look at everything else, it just lines up. Moali Cox has just been waiting and waiting for that opportunity to break out of the shadow of being the tight end two. Um, it just kept changing who was going to be the one each time, dependent on you know who was back up and who was injured between Ebron and Doyle for a while. And now he's got his chance and uh, you know took it. The only thing he didn't do was get a touchdown, basically. Um, but yeah, I think Moali Cox could be relevant for quite some weeks. And I'm... I've got to admit on that performance, I'm not 100% sure how much of a role Doyle gets when he comes back. I know it's quite controversial, but I think Doyle might find himself as the two. Yeah, well, if Marley Cox can uh, have a performance like that, then I don't see why not. But looking on the other side of the ball, uh, the Vikings were not in this one at all. I've seen multiple fantasy leagues where Kirk Cousins scored you negative fantasy points this week. And there wasn't much to celebrate through the rest. Stalvin Cook got a touchdown just to, to salvage his fantasy week. But, yeah, what an awful showing from the Minnesota Vikings there. I think that's going to be a long season for them there. And I think the Bears will drop off and Green Bay are just going to walk this division, which could be at the detriment to them because it won't make them too playoff ready. So, yeah, panic stations in Minnesota. I think Dalvin Cook is probably the only... Well, I was going to say rosterable. You've, you've, you've got to keep Adam Thielen on your roster, but I'm not feeling good about it at all. And finally, Walter is wet and Will Fuller is injured. Hamstring injury, unknown status, unknown for how long, well, if he's going to be out for or not. We knew it was coming. We had the, the Monster Week 1 performance where everyone thought, finally, this is Will Fuller time. But no. He had no targets in the matchup against the Baltimore Ravens and Will Fuller is now reported as having injured his hamstring. As is the case with so many other wide receivers, do we think this can be attributed to lack of preseason? Do we think that players just haven't got the bodies used to it? They haven't had full speed reps? Or is it just a coincidence that everything's happened in week two? I think you can certainly attribute some of these to to lack of preseason. The bodies aren't ready for the physical uh, the physical presence they have to have on the field because um, they haven't had a sort of a, a season long preseason warm up, if you like. So yeah, I think a lot of these, especially the hammies, I think I've got a lot associated with it. Um, but Will Fuller is made out of glass, so you know someone just yeah, if someone mentions the word injury around Will Fuller, he gets injured. <laughs> so uh, that's probably what they've probably been talking about Brandon Cooks and then Will Fuller just went oh, oh no, no 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 I'm the most <laughs> I'm the most injured on this team <laughs> well Cooks came back and looked good but yeah I think I think one thing that's happening is we always, we always used to be annoyed that oh they get all going down in pre-season like pre-season game three you'd suddenly end up with like two superstars out for the season effectively we've condensed five weeks worth of injuries into one week <laughs> um you know you could do your best sort of you know loan enhancement company pitch here but uh, you know consolidate all your injuries into one easy stupidly stupid week um <laughs> So I, I really could have done that better. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a salesman, you can tell. We don't judge here, James. I'll take tickets at the station, that'll do. <laughs> and now we are going to look at our weekend MVP. So this isn't necessarily the player that scored you the most fantasy points. This is the player that has just carried your team to a victory by any which way. And I'm going to go first this time. And I'm going to go for the guy that I I'm still I'm still dead on his hill, 
but it is Leonard Fournette, the running bay <laughs> in Tampa Bay with 27.6 PPR fantasy points this week. He rushed 12 times for 103 yards, two touchdowns, and had four receptions for 13 yards. Where on earth did that come from? Like, Rojo had uh, had all the work last week. Fournette, out of nowhere this week, he had a, a nice 46-yard run. He had a goal line carry. He was, he was doing everything. And if he can be that guy, then he is a better version of, of what we were expecting as if he was going to play in Jacksonville all season. But... Do we trust that Ronald Jones is just going to go away? Mm. Absolutely not. He's Ronald Jones is a talented guy. I don't trust that he's going to go away. But for this weekend, Leonard Fournette, you are my fantasy MVP. And kudos to anybody that started him. You deserve a win if you got it based off that. Yeah, I'm happy. That's it now. I can, I can just quit fantasy football. I'm, I'm, <laughs> the season. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, Rob, mate, Rob, who is your MVP? Uh, my MVP of the week is uh, Calvin Ridley. I know he was the wide receiver one on the week. Uh, seven receptions, 109 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, all the off-season hype about Calvin Ridley being this year's Chris Godwin. All the hype saying um, Calvin Ridley is going to get all the red zone targets. Well, we get some things right at some point, don't we? Um, he certainly is. He is... He is taking over the guard from Julio Jones. I don't care what anyone says. Um, this is the changing of the guard. Calvin Ridley will be the wide receiver one in Atlanta next year. Um, I think, if I'm right in saying, if my memory serves me correctly, I was a bit of a blur on Sunday night, I'm not going to lie. But I think Julio Jones got picked up a knock as well. Yeah, he's got hamstring as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so this... Um, yeah, bodes well for, for Calvin Ridley um, to be the, the out-and-out guy. Um, maybe he gets a bit more coverage, but I think he's that good that um, it doesn't matter. And Atlanta, we've seen them the last two two weeks. They're going to throw the ball. Matt mm-hmm. Ryan, is uh, he loves airing it out. So, um, yeah, Calvin Ridley, fantastic performance this week. He's on... For, I think seven out of my 12 leagues is on, is on my team. So, so thanks very much, Calvin Ridley. You, you've won me some weeks this week. Yeah, Calvin Ridley is currently on pace for 1,916 receiving yards and 32 <laughs> receiving touchdowns. There you go. <laughs> um, and I think while Julio Jones is on the field, like you say, defences will always have Julio Jones in the back of their minds. And although Calvin Ridley probably will, I think this season he's, he's, he's almost at that wide receiver one point in the offence. But while Julio Jones is on the field, defences won't trust that they can exactly Julio alone. But even, yeah. even if Tudor's not on the field, the, Russell Gage is, is come, he's, he's blown up so far this year, um, so he's going to be respected. Hayden Hurt had a good game this week, so he's got to be respected. There's, there's so many mouths to feed, uh, but they're being fed that the defences are always going to have someone out there. I don't, there might be double coverage, but there's not going to be like, I don't know whether Calvin Ridley's going to get locked down at all this year, especially if Hudo's on the, on the field. And James, who is your fantasy MVP for week two? Well, I'll, I'll trust me to go obvious. Aaron Jones, 43.6 points in PPR. He pretty much was the whole of the offense for wide periods of that game. And he scored enough to cover three people pretty much non-showing in a few of my leagues. It's just incredible. Um. Yeah, we touched on him earlier. There's not a lot more to say. Just 43.6. That's it. That's the stat. (laughs) 
And now we move into our honourable mention. So the player that we, we thought could could have had a shot at the MVP, but didn't quite. Uh, for me, Johnny Smith, 24.4 PPR fantasy points, four receptions for 84 yards, two touchdowns, including a 63-yard bomb from Ryan Tannehill. He started off week one well. He started off week two. He was ranked as my tight end five headed into the season, which, yeah, was was pretty bold. But he is certainly tracking towards towards that end of the, the fantasy scale. So I'm pretty happy with that. And long may it continue. But uh, another good showing. And he's starting to rely. Like he's, he's outscoring Travis Kelsey. That's Zach Ertz. It's crazy to say that he's outscoring these kind of tight ends. But he is and you've, you've got some point consider you've got a horrible lineup choice to make if you've drafted Kelsey or, or Ertz high up in your draft and you've, you've got Johnny Smith in the later round you've got a horrible lineup choice to make next week but yeah time to time to roll the, the Johnny Smith dice Rob who's your honourable mention uh, honourable mention for me is Mike Desicki. Um I, I drafted this kid everywhere but just because I thought he was terrific value. Stank, he absolutely stunk the bed out week one. Trust me, I started him everywhere. So <laughs> I didn't start him this week. Uh, guess what happens? Yeah, 130 yards, eight receptions, 130 yards, one touchdown. Uh, great performance. Uh, I listened to a couple of podcasts today who said Mike Gesicki is a big trade away target, like, cash in on the value on this big performance i don't think he is i think he's a stat and he's a, not a stash a keep and and a play because there isn't anyone else in that offense because devonta parker keeps getting nicked up he's going to have i know he had a good game this week 553 and one um devonta parker was but he's going to keep getting nicked up he's going to have one of these seasons where he's on and off the field because he keeps getting these little little injuries preston williams i'm sorry preston williams truth is preston williams is not a good he's not good He's not good. He had a high, he had a half a season last year where he was good, but he has shown me nothing this year. I'm, I don't care what you say about Preston Williams. I, I, don't, I don't rate him at all. Uh, Isaiah Ford, seven for seventy-six. He was fine, uh, but again, a flighty wide receiver three. There's no one. This is the best player on this team offensively. Get him the ball, and he will get the ball. There's no run game. There's no one that can really pass the ball, catch the ball out of that backfield. Mike Kosicki, I, I say don't trade him away. Hold him and play him. And you have just mentioned Devontae Parker. He mm. up against Tredavious White, coming into the game with an injury. Eight yeah. targets, five receptions, 53 yards and a touch. Had a, so. had, a, had a really good game. I still don't trust him. No? I can't trust him because, like I said, he, 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 I think he, he left the game for a good few snaps, uh, a good few drives because he was injured. I'm sure of it. I think he picked up a, a, a niggle. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know with Devante Parker. I'm not starting next week. If he plays next week and plays well and the week after, potentially, then I'm in. But it, it, he's a guy that he has to keep doing it and doing it for me to trust him. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. But the running game there, I think we've, like you said, we, we get some right eventually, but we also get some wrong as well. It's uh, not looking good for Jay Howe and Matt Predict there in nope. Miami. Yeah. James, who is your honourable mention? I had, I had, I've had a few going through my head because I was trying to work out who you were going to pick. And you've gone tight end, tight end. I'm not going Jordan Reed because I don't think many people would have played him. And kudos if you did. Um, and I was originally thinking of going to Tyler Boyd, but I've just gone, as soon as 
you were talking about Devontae Parker, I remembered in one of my leagues where I've been, you know, struggling for many years and, you know, I took an orphan team and I've returned around. I had a choice between Devontae Parker and Julian Edelman. And I chose to play Edelman over Parker. And that's looking like a good decision. He had 11, 11 targets, eight receptions, 179 yards. Didn't get a touchdown, didn't even get a win. But it was a monster fantasy performance by him. And that decision was actually the difference this week because there's no one playing in tonight's game. And uh, yeah, if I'd have played Parker, I'd have lost playing Edelman, I won. So yeah, he has to get an honourable mention for that alone. Yeah, uh, career high receiving yards for, for Julian Edelman last night in the, the loss against the Seahawks. And oh, we the irony of the Patriots running the ball on the one-yard line against the Seahawks. <laughs> oh, There's so much irony in that. The fact that Julian Edelman's highest as a reception total was with Cam Newton <laughs> and not Tom Brady. Did yeah. he just waste all his years with Brady? <laughs> I mean, Cam Newton cannot pass the ball. He cannot do all of this, cannot do that. And then look what happens to Edelman. Just that game was just irony 2.0. Does Cam Newton worry you? Like, there's there's no doubt in that he he's come back, he's looking good, and he, he's gonna he's gonna win the Patriots some games this year. But every time I see him on the goal line running, it scares me. Just a little part of me cringes because he's gonna take hits, he's gonna get battered, and can can he sustain that for the for the full fantasy season? I'm not so sure, you know. I don't know. I trust him. Yeah. I think he's great. No, I, don't get me wrong. I, th- I think he's great. But yeah, sure. If if we're seeing him getting goal line carries constantly, um, yeah. then it, it does it does tend to make me worry. So now we flip at the coin and we look at the players who busted this week after we thought they were going to have a big week. And for me, it is Benny Snell Jr. We tipped him to be the starter this week. Well, I certainly did. Tipped him to be the starter for Pittsburgh this week over James Conner, even a healthy James Conner. And he finished with negative. That is negative fantasy (laughs) points. He had three rushes for five yards, one reception for minus four, and he lost the fumble. (laughs) He just wasn't in this game at all. James Conner, on the other hand, had a tremendous game. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be a great fantasy asset this year. But of course, James Conner, just like Will Fuller, it is all about that health. Benny Snell, if you took my advice and started him in any leagues this week as I did, I apologise. That was a terrible shout. Rob, who's your fantasy boss? Uh, I've actually got a bone to pick with you, Mr. Fodlingham. Uh, let me guess. I've got Go on. one name. <laughs> I started... I started Dallas Goddard instead of Mike Kosicki in my home league this week. <laughs> what have you got to we say for yourself? We've got a show without mentioning him, so here we go. What have you got to say for yourself? Because I did that based on your recommendation. <laughs> what I'm going to say is that he was also my guy. Well, was going to be my answer here as well, because I was going to say we <laughs> by without mentioning him. This just wasn't the way I intended it. But um, let's be honest, there was no shortage of candidates this week. Even if you ignore all the injuries... Mark Andrews, 3.4. Adam mm. Thielen, 4.6. Zaka, 6.7. There was no shortage of people who were complete busts. Alan Robinson's the one that I was going to flip-flop to at f- with, yeah, 4.8 points. And um, 
Yeah, we have, say, between us, we actually have a, a loser league, which the idea is you've got to score the least amount of points without it being zero. It's like the pointless of fantasy football. <clears throat> and I played Darnell Mooney, and I, I would have actually been better playing Alan Robinson. Wow. Yeah, that, 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 that sums up how crazy week two was. Yikes. Yeah, crazy, crazy week all round. But we move on to week three. So, Rob, who is your top waiver pickup for week three? Uh, I'm just having a scout, actually, as we speak on um, the ESPN site for waivers. And I'm trying to find out Jarek McKinnon's uh, ownership because I think he would be... I know we just already spoke about him and I said I wasn't sure. I think I can he tell would... you because I've got the article I've written in front of me that will be going online tomorrow <laughs> with my number one option. He's 19% owned on ESPN. Oh, I'm on ESPN and it says 19.1. So you're 1.1 out, James, I'm afraid. Um, Ooh, no, that 0.1% yeah. have not got... <laughs> Fab or waiver wire priority, <laughs> and you uh, clearly it's it's right about yeah nineteen percent owned. Um, so there you go. That's that would be the guy that I'm most interested in. Um, simply because a he's on a team which Devonta Freeman isn't. Um, and and b you know he has done it so far this year. I think he's got two touchdowns over the year so far, and he's he's played actually quite well. So, um, yeah, Jerick McKinnon. I don't like Jerick McKinnon at all, but. As we're talking waivers uh, and a decimated waivers as it is, he would be my probably my number one, I think. How about yourself, James? So McKinnon and I've made no shadows, no number one. My number two in terms of running backs is Daryl Henderson. And he won't be on a lot of waiver wires, especially deeper leagues, but I think, you know, it depends on what format you're using. Some some places he's 45% owned, some places he's 25% owned. And in a lot of leagues, he was dropped last week because everyone thought it was the Akers and Malcolm Brown show. And now Akers has gone down. Malcolm Brown has a finger injury as well. There is every chance that Daryl Henderson is going to be the starter next week. And he had a pretty decent game this week as well, to be honest. Um, Brown's injury was clearly enough that um, they wanted to let Henderson loose and he didn't do a bad job of it and the Rams are 2-0 and so I feel like Daryl Henderson could have value Yeah, and that leads me on to Malcolm Brown so he had that great week one performance comes in I think, yeah, let's go He's, he, he quite easily is my fantasy boss so Benny Snell you if he hadn't finished with negative fantasy points, he'd have been left the hook because Malcolm Brown, he comes in, doesn't do anything, lets Darrell Henderson get the, get the goal line carries. A finger injury. What on earth? You're a running back. You are a running back. You, <laughs> like, what on earth is a finger injury? He's a big guy. He's not going to be going out and, and catching the ball for, for go for how long? Like, two hands on the ball. Like, honestly, a finger injury. When I saw that, I was livid. Like, I get stuff like toes because you can't cut. A toe, you think, oh, what, what's a big toe injury? But, yeah, painful, you can't cut. But a finger injury, come on, painkillers, strap it up. Malcolm Brown, you know what? Even though Benny Snell got negative points, Malcolm Brown, you are my fantasy bust. And I have not forgiven you. You are banished from all of my fantasy teams for this season. I'm angry. Um, and I've forgotten where we're up to in the show because I'm that angry. Um, you need to pick a waiver wire pickup. You're picking up while you're dropping Malcolm Brown. While I'm dropping Malcolm Brown, 
And sticking on the San Francisco train, I am going for Jordan Reed. He looked good. Who would have said that in 2020, Jordan Reed would be fantasy relevant once again? But here we are with seven receptions for 50 yards and two touchdowns. And there's two caveats to this. One, that Jordan Reed is healthy because we'll probably find out in the next couple of days that he sustained an injury in, in said game. And number two, George Kittle does not suit up this weekend, which if George Kittle suits up, then Jordan Reed is straight back onto that waiver wire because George Kittle being the best tight end in the league. So yeah, Jordan Reed, let's go. He looked good. He, he scored two touchdowns. He will get that work because who else is San Francisco going to throw the ball to? So yeah, Jordan Reed, it seems a little bit obvious, seems a little bit point-chasing, but no, we're going for it. I think, um, actually, we all listen to the fantasy footballers, don't we? And I'm sure a lot of our listeners would listen to the fantasy football as well. They have it called the, the Rule 86. When Jordan Reed plays, you start him. Yeah. <laughs> It's Rule 81 now he's in San Francisco, and it's not quite <laughs> rule. rule. Rule 86 was in Washington, if Jordan Reed is not concussed and not injured, you play him. Yeah. Rule 81 is if Jordan Reed is healthy and George Kittle isn't, you play him. Mm-hmm. That is Rule 81. <laughs> so it applied this week and it applies last week. I'm still annoyed that in the Scott Fishbowl, I picked up Dalton Schultz and Jordan Reed and played neither of them. Oh, no. And I played Will Disley because James White, and shout out here, say, James White, horrendous thing, you know, news coming out with his mum and dad, so wishes with his family. Um, But, yeah, I had a very last minute, oh, James White is not going to play. Who do I put in? in that game so I ended up having to play Disley and of course you know I'd already seen 60 points just disappear on my bench so yeah that was um, uh, because it's a tight end premium the Scott Fishbowl isn't it it is it is and uh, Mark Andrews was my starting tight end and got me less than 10 and them two would have combined for about 60 and won me the matchup so do you know what that is I, almost. I, I was the personification of the wab wab sound effect. Almost night. as bad as listening to one of your co-hosts and taking their advice for taking Goddard over Gisiki. Hey, but at least hashtag always <laughs> Schultz is a thing. <laughs> always Schultz, I guess. Nine receptions, not always yards. Goddard, didn't I? <laughs> nine, uh, nine receptions, 88 yards and a touch for, for Dalton Schultz. Getting the only receiving touchdown in a Dallas Cowboys game that scored 40 points. That's We're nearly at the feat. end of the pod. We're nearly at the end of the podcast and we've only just mentioned that game. I mean, <laughs> well, in, term, in terms of the, the, the stupidity of how that Dallas comeback happened. Nuts. Just there is some special teams training happening in Atlanta this week. Wow. For some reference, who do they play this week? The Chicago Bears. And I have actually gone and put Mitchell Trubisky as a suggested waiver wire pickup if you need a quarterback because of how bad the Atlanta defense has been and the fact that they're 2-0. and And he seems to have three decent, well, four probably if you include Okay, no, not if you include Jimmy Graham. But he has plenty of decent <laughs> receiving options. 
Um, let's go for that. So Trubisky is actually playable next week. And oh. I, I had to look at myself in the mirror while I was writing it. Rob's been in the driver cab of that train waiting for passengers to get on board so we can drive it well, away from the station. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, I don't even like Mitchell Trubisky. I really don't. I don't think he's a very good quarterback at all. But he's the ten, he's QB 10 after two weeks and he's got a great matchup next week. I'm, I'm, I'm going ahead. Full, full choo-choo. Choo-choo. <laughs> and now we look at the trades. So we are going to talk about our top trade candidate to buy and our top trade candidate trop trade candidate to sell so james we'll start with you who are you buying after week two buying dallas got no, no. <laughs> you can't buy him when you've already got him in every league <laughs> that was going to be my next line um <laughs> Um, to be honest, I was kind of in the dynasty. I'm kind of thinking in the dynasty. Room, I'm thinking all these superstars that have gone down injured. If teams start panicking and giving them, and you know, and saying I'll take anything because I think I'm a win now team, you've got to try and take advantage of it. So even the like, you know, if the likes of Saquon suddenly people put him on the block, have a go. I mean, that's kind of my advice for this week. There's no one player who's active that I think you know stock is low. Go trade because. Um, I think it's just such a weird season that at the moment, after two weeks, most people are sort of holding on to, you know, what value they drafted them at. I still don't think there's, you know, only injuries really have changed the value of players. I mean, the one advice I would give is if you do have Devonta Freeman stashed on your bench and you feel kind of comfortable with how your running back room looks, I would try and get value for him now um, because he's, Basically, that will free up a free up a bench spot for you next week, and he's going to get so much hype, and then he's probably going to take at least three weeks before he really gets into it. And even then, in the Giants, they may already have given up for the season at that point. So, yeah, if that's that's maybe my advice for this week. Rob, how about yourself? Who are you going out to target? Um, I'll, I'll piggyback kind of off, off James' point there. I'm, I'm going out and I am smashing the trade targets for Darius Slayton, uh, wide receiver, New York Giants, because I, I, I think the run game is dead in New York. Um, watch this space because Freeman might be there. But even so, is Javon Freeman really a good player he might be but I think they're going to have to go to the air I think they're a terrible team I don't think I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot as per the last two games um Darius Slayton is the wide receiver one in that team um it was arguable a couple of weeks ago but uh um what's his name Shepard is he went off I think this week uh injured um Golden Tate's getting older not as good as he used to be he's knocked up as well uh, not not knocked up that's my missus he's uh, <laughs> he's, uh <laughs> Actually, that's ironic because didn't he got yeah. suspended for trying to knock up his missus? That was, <laughs> <laughs> I was exactly. I was about to just say that the irony that it was a drug that he was using in trying to that's knock right. up his that got him suspended, and then he's come back injured. So yeah, I mean whether that carried on without the drugs, I don't know. But. So technically, I'm not wrong. Uh, but no, you know what I mean. He was um, <laughs> he, he, banged he, up. He, was, he banged up. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Not 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 knocked up. Um, anyway. <laughs> Back to my point, Darius Slayton is a big buy. He didn't have a great week this week, six for 33. Week before, uh, it was uh, nine targets, six receptions, uh, 102. Sorry, I got that confused. It was six targets, three receptions this week. Last week, it was six targets, 
uh, nine targets, six receptions, 102 yards, two touchdowns. He's going to be fed going forward. Uh, I, I, would, I would go out there and actively try and get him on your team. And finally, me, I am looking at Melvin Gordon. So I, I, said, this, I said this last week. I said Melvin Gordon is going to be my uh, trade candidate this week. You and he's going, to be, he's, he's going to be even lower after a poor showing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it wasn't that poor. No, it wasn't that bad. He did a damn sight better than Saquon Barkley did the previous week. He got the touchdown, and uh, Philip Lindsay definitely is out now for for the next few weeks. And Turfto, that is going to be one of those that even when he comes back, it is going to linger. He's still going to find it difficult. And I think Melvin Gordon is going to... He's going to get the majority of that workload now. I didn't receive it though. I didn't. I didn't like Melvin Gordon heading into the season, but situational. He, he's now got the. He's now got the full workload there. Twenty-one touches this week against the tough Pittsburgh defense. Granted. It's not a great matchup for him next week. He is playing Tampa Bay, who are notoriously good against the run again, but. A few easier matchups after that, so go out, get Melvin Gordon, maybe even wait another week, maybe even go get him when his price is even lower next week. But then again, I, th- I said that about Pittsburgh. I said he was going to have a poor week, and he, he impressed. So, yeah, go out and get Melvin Gordon. And finally, we look at our top selling candidates. Rob, who are you shifting? Who are you selling high and getting rid from all of your rosters? Oh, I knew you were going to come to me first. I, I go to James first. I'm, I'm still looking. <laughs> James, uh, drag this out for quite a while to give Rob the most. <laughs> uh... <laughs> um... <laughs> I'll be honest, the, the, the problem here is that I'm dragging now because even I'm not 100% sure who I'm going to go with here. Um... Okay, I'll, go, I'll jump in. I'll go David Montgomery. Um, I like David Montgomery. I think he's fine. I think he's great. Uh, but there is a couple of injury niggles this season um, and he wasn't super productive this week. So he did have a touchdown, a passing touchdown, which was pretty good. But running wise, I think he was under four yards of carry. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be, I, I'm, it's tentative because I still quite like him. Um, but I, yeah, it, I own him everywhere uh, and I'll be tempted to, to see what value he is, see if I could trade him away. And I think I might have stole your pick, David. I'm sorry. No. Oh, I didn't. No, I, I just, your reaction. I just, I just agree with you. That's oh, okay. Uh, great. No, David Montgomery. I said I wasn't high on him going into the season, but um, yeah, he's, he's he's looked all right to be fair. And if, ooh. if ooh. sorry, I've just thought of another trade for, and it's Jerry Judy. Trade for Jerry Judy. <laughs> sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like Montgomery headed into the season, but if if the Bears can win, then it'll be serviceable. But yeah, coming off that that. Touchdown reception, uh, yeah, you'll be able to get a decent price for him right now. Mine is James Robinson, the running back in Jacksonville. 21 fantasy points a weekend just gone. The guy looked good. Undrafted free agent, 16 carries, 102 yards, and a rushing touchdown, and three receptions for 18 yards as well. But we've got Raikwell Armstead coming back. We've got Divine Zigbo. We've got Chris Thompson there as well. Gardner Minshew's a decent enough runner. Uh, is Darian Gumbawali there as well still? I think they, they picked him up. Um, so it's it's going to be a mess. Like They, they brought Raikwell Armstead in because they think he's a good runner. Of course, we've got LaVisca. 
he's he's capable of, of carrying the football as well. So I think James Robinson's uh, carry share is going to deplete massively and you are not going to get anything more from him than you are going to get right now. James? Yeah, I've ended up coming up with like too many options in my head now. <laughs> Um, so I've kind of messed myself over a little bit here. Um, I'm going to say Ronald Jones because he still has some value at the moment, but that changing the guard to Fournette looks like a thing. And that hill of yours is starting to come back out of the earth. <laughs> there was some emergency to... CPR and I was I was resuscitated at the top of my hill <laughs> it's like in Red Dead when you get a shot <laughs> but Ronald Jones you were like automatically revived yeah he had the high draft capital he had reasonable numbers but I think that the more Fournette gets opportunity in that offence the less Ronald Jones is going to get and I just don't rate him and now maybe one of the few times he has value there's a few people in that category if while they had have some value go for the trade I mean carry on Johnson actually had a touchdown this week and to arrest the slide of his scores but so if you know if you think you can package him in some kind of deal go for it um, even Mark Ingram is a possibility in this section now and get ready for J.K. Dobbins because even Gus Edwards is looking like he could be viable. That's suddenly a three-headed monster and Ingram's looking dicey. Um, and yes, if you can get any value for Rob Gronkowski, go for it. I was about to say, yeah, get rid. I'm so happy that that take came out that Rob Gronkowski is not going to be oh. relevant just... In that case, also, trade for OJ Howard because clearly it ain't Gronk and Howard doesn't seem to be, you know, he seems to be the option at the moment. And I feel like, you know, there was a lot of people who had down weeks this week, like Adam Thielen, that I forgot to mention as well. Adam Thielen was probably the person I should have picked because I still think he bounces back. Kirk Cousins is having a rough start and Thielen is going to be rated quite low and maybe a trade away for some people. And I'd say lap it up. He's going to come back into the flow. Because um, who else is there in um, the in Minnesota at the moment? But yeah, if you've got... OJ Howard's a good possible... And he's available on a fair number of waiver-wise as well. So um, if you can't get Johnny Smith or Jordan Reed for this week or a few others, or Mo Ali Cox, OJ Howard. Wonderful. And that concludes today's show. It was an interesting week too, to say the least. But football is well and truly back. And we look forward now to the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars doing battle on Thursday night football this week. James, what are you looking out for there? Who, who's going to uh, catch your eye the most in fantasy football? Well, it's the Jaguar, so I'm looking out for what the score is in the morning and what mood my wife's going to be in. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it, the, I suppose the questions are, will James Robinson remain relevant? Um, will DJ Sharp be able to play? Because he got, um, well, he was slightly injured towards the end of the game. Um, is Keelan Cole going to get another touchdown? Is he suddenly someone that needs to be on your radar? Is LaVisca going to turn up properly? Uh, is Tyler Eifert still going to be able to make it to the end of another game? Um, is James O'Shaughnessy still a thing again as well? Because they seem to keep us in that end. But yeah, I'm actually going to, if I've got Garden Minshew, I feel like playing him here. It's just that matchup's lovely. And Miami wise, um, see who's actually fit. 
Um, keep an eye out whether there's any murmurings that Tua might start. I doubt it, but um, the t- you know Herbert will start that for the Chargers means the question will start being asked in Miami, I reckon. Uh, so, and I like Gasicki as well. So, yeah. And Rob, people were turning the noses up at the fact that the Browns and the Bengals were the Thursday night matchup last week because. Yeah, Thursday nights aren't typically great. It's, it's not the, the most watched, but it was a fantastic game. Are we going to see a game of that magnitude again this week? Absolutely not. No, it's going to be <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah, back to, back to, yeah, that was a one off outlier. I'm calling it now. This uh, Miami Jags game is going to be, oh, it's going to be 10 7 to Jacksonville. Um, Mike Gesicki is going to get the only touchdown from Miami. He's going to have 63 yards on five receptions. Uh, Jacksonville, LaVisca Chenault is going to get the touchdown. He's going to have six rushes for 41 yards and he's going to have, I don't know, three receptions for 42 yards of a touchdown. You're overrating these defenses. Yeah, that's true. There we go. Place place all your bets on those exact stats and um... I don't please don't. I have another <laughs> bet this week. It's not worth it. <laughs> cool. Well, let's get out of here. James, where can we find you on Twitter? As always, at NFL Hype Train. Toot, toot. Rob, how about yourself? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF Wonderful. And make sure you head over to at F10Y Fantasy. Uh, we've got James's Hype Train article dropping tomorrow. It'll be me on the trades on Wednesday. And then we will head into your start, sits, injuries and rankings headed into the weekend as well. So loads of content here at the Full 10 Yards. Make sure you head over to www.full10yards.com because we've got the college, we've got the betting, we have got everything that you need. Uh, the content coming out of here is fantastic at the moment. So make sure you head out and check it over. I have been David Davenport. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Thank you very much for listening. And remember, folks, keep those eyes peeled. You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website, www full10yards.com where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football and even Britball. Thanks for listening and remember folks, keep those eyes peeled.